All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Off-Road with Frank Ferraro. And today we have Andrea Catania with us. Hi, Andrea. I'm so happy to be here again. Had so much fun with you last time. Thank you for asking me back. We oh. have so much to share. You know, it's so funny because, I mean, that was really one of the most popular um, interviews we had, you know, at least for me in a while. You know, we have thousands of views and people really, really like content and where it could be and where it can go. So I'm, I'm so glad that you came back. And um, for those of you who, have, who maybe didn't see it uh, last time, Andrea is a partner in a law firm in uh, New York City, Mitchell, Silberg and Nup. And they've been around quite a long time. And Andrea is- 1908. Yeah, quite a long time. That's a, that's over a hundred years. Mm -hmm. And um, Andrea is um, one of the partners there, and she's a fantastic deal maker. Been on Wall Street for years. I know her very very dearly, and um, I'm really really glad that she can she has time to share some of the things uh, that she looks for in companies that want to enter the capital markets. Now, a lot of times people ask me, well, what kind of company is this? And what kind of companies enter the capital markets and why, and why would somebody want to do, you know, certain things? And you know what, there's a reason for everything. And, um, you know, going from the roadshows from year to years, you know, seeing the different companies, we've seen so many companies come prosper and, and, and go right ahead, and we've seen and some, some struggle. Haven't right. and some struggle. They're and, doing it because they might not know which way to go. Yeah. So, what, what are some of the things that you look for um, when you want to get involved in, in a company, or a company has a an idea and wants to get into the capital markets? What's some of the things that you look for? Um, so, for great, great question, and you know, it really brings me to when should a company actually be looking for outside financing? And lots of times, if a, an idea person, a company that's early stage, um, thinks too quickly that they need to raise money, my guidance is usually prove out your business model first. And if with your own blood, sweat and tears, your own few dollars, maybe some friends and family, prove that your business model works and get a good management team or at least get some advisors that are willing to come on. Uh, to assist you at the beginning, because merely an idea, frankly, it's not the best time to go out there and uh, pursue investors because you might get taken advantage of. Someone might take your whole fabulous idea if you don't have it IP protected, if you um, or or they might not want to waste their time with something that's so early stage. And honestly, that's usually the reason. Most most investors, family offices, the capital markets world that Frank and I know so well and really it's the microcap space that i think we you know really gravitate towards because these are companies that are today's definition of, of microcap is 300 million dollar uh revenues are below for years it was 75 million and below but um you know smallish company so if it's super early stage get your act together as a company and prove your business model and then it's a it, it's an appropriate time to start talking with some experts about what might you be doing. Now, I'll, one caveat to that is if you haven't formed a company yet and you're not sure which type of company to form, consult, consult an attorney about should it be an LLC with an ultimate waterfall distribution on profits to members or should it be a corporation that one day will sell stock? But um, don't put the cart before the horse 
and start thinking you should talk to investors right away. Because as we know from experience, a lot of these even phenomenal investors that can be your partner long-term, they don't have a super long attention span. So you want to be able to wow them with, you know, a presentation and show that you have a proven business model. So that, that's kind of step one. And, you know, you ask, what do I like to see? If there's a company that has that proven business model and has strong management, and let's face it, is connected with service providers that, you know, maybe I've heard of that have a good reputation, or when I read their bios, I see that, hmm, this company has attracted some people that know what they're doing. Right. That makes the whole that makes the whole company look more, it makes it less of a risk, put it that way. Sure. More trustworthy to get into maybe a transaction with. Because you want to have some as a company, as an entrepreneur, well, you want to have some people around you that have done it before. And uh, go, go ahead, you're gonna say you something. Know, well, well taking that one step further, I mean, you know, I mean, many, many people know me as you know, I'm making markets and, and companies and and filing 15C211s and initiating trading and whatnot. And you know, there are companies that come, would come to us at that time, you know, and, you know, they would wonder why the process is taking a year and not a month, you know, and there's a big difference. Well, if you come to me with a registration statement and your lawyer, you know, is well and you're well represented, guess what? That goes really, really quick. Sure. If you come to me with unaudited financials and, um, you know, a lot of questions aren't answered, you know, it, it it's going to take a while. I mean, yeah, the process, sure. it's going to take a while, you know, so, you know, you can only handle so many a day, as you know, Absolutely. and, and, and you, you know, you wish you had a, a, a way to just kind of get to the right ones, but, you know, you have to go through them all, so to speak. And it, it and that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it, it interesting, you know, it I definitely mean, that's, makes that's it fun. the fun part of the job, no doubt. You did a beautiful yeah. fast forward to, you know, a company that might have, put a registration statement together already. So this would be a company that, you know, it's a corporation. They have probably raised some capital before, maybe in a private placement, um, relying on exemptions from registration. And there are many. A company can rely on Reg A these days if they want to crowdfund a Reg CF or Regulation D. Um, I mean, I was, know, always, I, was always, I, was, I was always a fan of a Reg D offering. Yeah. Always a fan of a Reg D offering, you know. However, you know, I mean, and that's another thing. Um, I mean, that's that's when the companies now really need to, to consult some pros because that's where, you know, you can raise some money. And if you do it with the right registration statement or the right entity, you can really be successful at it. And this is, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is something that I'm sure you share with your potential sure. clients every day. Yeah. What, um, you know, that reminds me of some really expensive mistakes that companies have made when they thought, you know, I could do this. I've seen a private placement memorandum. I'm just going to go to, you know, a few people and raise some money. And here I see a subscription agreement and some other, you know, companies offering. Let me just copy a lot of that. And, you know, the the risk, I'll, I'll give you an example of, and I've seen this so many times, it's sad to say, where a company will have raised some money used used the money in 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 whatever you know growth objective they were seeking and then one of the investors you know six months a year later is really wishing they had their money back like oh 
I invested money in this company and all this great stuff was going to happen and it didn't. And I really, my daughter's getting married. I wish I had that hundred grand back. And, you know, here she goes and talks to a securities lawyer and they say, well, well, gosh, did they file a form D? This company, it looks like it was relying on, you know, Reg D of, you know, Rule 506B of Regulation D of the Securities Act of 1933. And I'm looking on Edgar, it doesn't look like they filed a form D. Uh, maybe they didn't blue sky. Let me do a little further investigation. Where are you? You're in New Jersey. There was nothing filed in New Jersey. Well, you know what we have here? We've got a securities violation. And uh, you, my investor friend, my client, you can um, you can ask for a rescission. What's a rescission? A rescission is like a backwards offering. It is it is a nightmare. It means that that investor can now demand that they not only get their money back, but that you as as a company, as an issuer, we call you guys issuers because you're issuing stock to raise money. Don't mean to throw out too much vocabulary here, but you as the company now have to offer, make a rescission offer to every single investor that came in because you violated securities laws and did not properly blue sky. You might not have thought that that could happen, but guess what it could. And imagine if you've put the half a million bucks that you've raised to use and you don't have it in your bank account. That could absolutely cripple you. It could bankrupt you. Um, and it's so easy, seriously, to follow some of these rules if you consult someone who knows what to do. Uh, you don't have to go to the biggest law firm. Go to someone you trust. Give me a call if you can't afford someone that's been doing this almost 30 years. There are people out there. There are um, services out there that are more affordable just to get you on track so you don't make these grave errors that could so come back to bite you and really diminish your chances of being able to have the successful business that otherwise you could have had. Well, the, the one thing is, is that, and you know, I'm being in the business over 30 years, it's all about um, relying on those rules. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, if you're going to actually go out and sell stock to the public, you have to do it re relying on certain rules, whether it be a 506 Again, Reg A, five hundred six, S one, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, those are the rules, and if and that's the, the rules of playing the game. I mean, if you yes. don't do it that way, it's kind of hard to play the game that way, you know. Um, so I, I love chatting yeah. with you about these things because since I know you, going on thirty years, I'm serious, yeah. it's that long. Yeah, um, maybe it's twenty five since ninety eight, ninety nine for sure. It was that long ago. Um, you made markets in over a thousand stocks. I don't know how many. It's, it's so maybe 2,000, a lot, huge a number. thousand over the years. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing. Truly amazing. I mean, I've probably done 200 capital markets transactions, give or take, you know, taking companies public seven or eight different ways from reverse mergers, DSPAC, um, IPOs, uh, you know, dual listings. They're just a lot of the 15C to 11. How many, I mean, think of how many we did, private companies that wanted to, you know, become trading. I mean, um, we, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget just, I mean, we were sitting, I was sitting there at Citadel Securities and Mike Studer uh, turned around and filed the 15C211 for the NASDAQ stock market. The next wow. day, the next day I, we, I get a call and next thing you know, we're trading in NASDAQ stock market is NDAQ trading on the bulletin board. I mean, this was- You're incredible. Bizarre. And I knew you then. This was bizarre, you yes. know? And, um, you know, it turns out uh, it was just, it was some pretty, pretty cool times. We did a lot of cool stuff back No then. doubt. No, and, no doubt. Um, between the online trading and the ECNs and and really watching this whole, the whole market kind of develop. 
Um, and it really, it really is still available. It just, it's a little bit complicated and a company needs to know what, what to do. And what I, what I just want to mention is if you're a company, you want to sell stock, you pretty much have two broad cho choices. One is you register shares with the Securities and Exchange Commission, and you're going to need audited financial statements. It's expensive. We could go through all of that. But the other choice is you rely on an exemption from registration. And that's just to give you a little more uh, meat on the bone of what we've been talking about. The exemptions are, you know, Regulation A is a beautiful exemption from registration. And it's evolved. And we could talk about that for eight episodes. I mean, about what, what's available to uh, companies in terms of um, equity crowdfunding. Now, Regulation D, um, 506. I remember we used to do 504s a lot back in the day. You yeah. know, for a company to raise a million dollars, free trading shares, it was abused, unfortunately, and I don't see 504 being used much at all. But really know the broad categories of you got to register or you have to be able to rely on an exemption. And you talk to people in the business, um, talk to an attorney, talk to an accounting firm, start getting a feel for what might be best for you. And there's tons of good information available online. I'm happy to share, too, um, some of the basics so you can start deciding what makes the most sense. So I just wanted to kind of interrupt with that because I want to be clear. I know our audience is probably made up of all, all levels of entrepreneurs, right? Early stage, people who brought five companies public, you know, it could be, we, we want to make sure we're not um, alienating anyone in the audience. I think we're pretty good. I think we're pretty <laughs> good. Mm -hmm. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> You're amazing. I I Thank love so I love catching up and and talking about all of these. And the things. same thing here. I mean, and the same thing here. You know what I mean? It, and and a lot of people. I mean, we have like so many years of experience in doing this and working with different companies and deals and making things happen. I mean, you know, I mean the, the um, I mean just recently. I mean this this last deal, um, which is kind of cool. You know, bring it up a little bit. But here's a company that came to me a couple of years ago, and you remember. Um, you know, Larry, um, yes. in, right? he came to us a couple of years ago and uh, helped him out in the, in the beginning a little bit and um, all of a sudden came back and, you know, now he, he's done a deal with Kathy Ireland, he's trading, incredible business going and um, it was really, really good to see the growth in, in companies, you know, when they have it and when they're, and they're ready to come to the table prepared, you know, and it really does happen and it's a lot of fun and, and we've seen over the years, we've seen this happen a lot, you know, and um, like I said, that's, that's kind of the cool thing. And that's what makes us come back, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. And you see someone like Larry, who's been in business with public companies who, um, and remind us of his last name. Larry Cozen. Mm -hmm. Larry Cozen. Now, Larry mm -hmm. Cozen has been featured on your show. He's incredible. Absolutely. And I remember Main years Street, ago. It's actually Main Street Chamber Holdings. It's uh, yeah. the symbol is MSCH. And, um, you know, like I said, it's kind of cool what we've been seeing and stuff like that. So it was nice to see what happened with him. And, and uh, you know, I look forward to him coming back on the show as well um, and maybe perhaps going on yours. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. My heart of influence show. And ask him, yeah. yeah, I would love to have him on because it's all we mentioned last time about how relationships really are the cornerstone of business development and what better way to initiate a relationship than to have a shared experience. So we could be inviting people to this show. Um, my show, Heart of Influence, that I'm the executive producer of or soon to be. 
um, you know, I've been doing shows for about a year now. It's a really great opportunity to meet people that you might do business with, you might refer business to, but it's in a really innovative game show environment. You came on the show once, uh, more than, if not more than once, you need to come on again. Yes. <laughs> but um, the, the feedback that I get after people had a chance to meet someone and hear, you know, how them powerfully introduced, but then see them engage in a role play and be either a participant or a judge and then learn something and then see the pros in action. See Sean Callagy and Bella Verita, you know, in, in action. You actually leave with some skills and tools. You met a few cool people. You had some fun. You learned Absolutely. some fun facts or some proud moments that you might not share generally when you meet someone at a conference or when you meet someone just on a quick intro email or phone call. So, yeah, I would love to certainly love to, um, you know, invite professionals who want to grow. And it's the service providers like us, Frank, who I believe can be so helpful to um, the community of companies that really want to grow. Granted, I'd love to have the companies themselves on because they're always so interesting. And I think we could be so helpful to them. But all of the, the accountants, the attorneys, the um, stock transfer agents, service market providers. makers, these are service providers that go, yes. you know, these really the unsung heroes behind yes. all these companies. And, you know, you don't realize it, how important it is to having a good accounting team. You have to have your financials done at a certain time and they want it. It's deadlines. It's a lot, you know. Um, and what inspired you, Frank? How did you get into this business? Was it a person who... You know, turned you on oh to this. World. I never knew oh, how this we're, really we're, happened. We're, we're really going to have to touch base on that <laughs> in another episode. You know, um, but um, in any event, and Andrea, it was great having you um, always here today. And um, yeah, we you know next time we we can talk about some of the different offerings that we've done for different people, some of the successes and whatnot. And I think a lot of people would love to hear about that. Um, because we've worked with some pretty amazing people over the years. And um, so I think we should share some of those stories. And I think people will really like that. So phenomenal. Um, so let me correct you. You left a syllable off of my friend name. It's Mitchell Silberberg and Nuff, also known as MSK. Mm -hmm. uh, my email is AJC at MSK.com. Also on personal, it's Andrea underscore Catanio at Yahoo.com. And you see my cell phone number. I am textable and reachable. Um, you, um, what, what's your cell phone number for um, our podcast? Viewers? Oh, very good. It's 973-202-3049. Um, here to serve, here to give more than I expect to receive in return. And guess what? I never regret it. I never regret it. I'm fully transparent. I... Um, I do what I say I'm going to do. And just like you do, Frank, this is why I've always been attracted to working with you. Um, I know what I'm getting. I know I'm getting the real deal. Someone who really cares. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me on again. So as yeah. as usual, it's fun. Yeah, and uh, we'll uh, look forward to, to doing more of these. Sounds good. See you next time. Appreciate Take it. Take care. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye.